Welcome to The Sacred Pause, where I talk to real people living real lives on purpose. This podcast is about how people are showing up for life, engaged and living authentically. This is a place for people to share their stories about their personal journeys and the practices that they use daily to help them be able to live an intentional life by being present and in the moment. Listeners, I hope you will see yourselves in these stories and that you take away a few nuggets that you can start using right away along your journey to living an authentic and purposeful life. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to my first full episode of Sacred Pause. To start us off, I offer my story and the journey that has brought me to this work. Mindfulness saved my life. Code blue in the pediatric ICU. It is blaring over the hospital intercom and there are people rushing around the floor as I both slowly and quickly realized that my daughter is the only child in the pediatric ICU at this time. I leave the computer in the common area where I was emailing my work to let them know that I wouldn't be in this week and I walked towards the ICU to meet my husband. I remember each step feeling like this crazy energy, like a tornado sweeping me up and running me towards the ICU. But at the same time, it feels like time is slowing down and I'm walking through quicksand, sucking me in at each step. Each step feels deliberate and taking effort, but also like I am floating above the ground like a helium balloon. My heart is closing. The next thing I remember is sitting in the waiting room with my husband and family, a social worker and some nurses who are bringing me juice and a warm blanket. They are saying something about shock and that I am in shock and it is okay to be in shock. It is normal. Nothing feels normal. I have no idea how long we are in this room and who came and went, but I do know where my head was at that moment. I was already planning my almost three-year-old celebration of life. I was imagining the pictures I would print and frame. There was the one when she was about 18 months old, posed with a stuffed cow, her pink cheeks and angel hair on her head. I started a guest list of who would come, started planning what music I would play and who would speak, questioning, would I be strong enough to speak? My heart is closing. My daughter was too good for this world. I always knew she was an angel and a gift from God, and maybe this was all the time that she was allowed to be here with us. She graced us with her true and divinely led heart. She would stop people in their tracks with her grin and eye contact. There was a force of love greater than anything I knew running through her and leading her through life. My heart is closing. I was replaying all the moments that led to being here in the hospital and wondered where and what went wrong. Was there something I could have done differently? My heart is closing. Things are moving so rapidly, moment to moment. We are told she is stable and on all the supports needed to transfer her by helicopter from Victoria to the Children's Hospital in Vancouver. There is only room for one parent and the other would get a ferry voucher. 
My husband stays while all is prepared for the helicopter and I run home to pack bags, figure out the care needed for my youngest daughter who is 13 months old, and my mother-in-law takes me to the ferry. The sun is setting and the sky is a beautiful pink and orange, and I see a pod of orcas greeting us as we dock in Vancouver. Is this a sign? The next three months are like living on autopilot while going through the motions of days, weeks, and months. It is filled with medical teams, medical terms, a week of not knowing exactly what was going on in her little body, a diagnosis, a prognosis, MRIs, CT scans, ECGs, EEGs, cardiologists, neurologists, hematologists, the list goes on. Life support for 17 days, intubation, plasma exchange, blood transfusions, tube feeding, one doctor telling us, hope for the best but expect the worst. She might be quadriplegic, she may never walk or talk or eat on her own, maybe not even breathe on her own again. Levels of consciousness, occupational therapists, physical therapists, wheelchair fittings. My heart is closing. A pivotal moment that is forever etched in my heart is the first time she is off life support after almost two weeks. I was allowed to hold her while sitting on the little ICU chair by her bedside. She opened her eyes ever so slightly and tried to say, Mama and immediately set off all the alarms again and needed to be put back on breathing, breathing supports. My heart is closing. Shortly after she was breathing on her own and stable enough to move from ICU to a ward, she was fitted for a wheelchair. I was allowed to take her outside on the rooftop patio to feel the last of the summer sun on her skin. I thought, now this is something normal. The light was too much for her, even with the dark glasses. She cried out in pain and we came back in. I wondered if we would ever be able to be outside in the sun again, or would the sun be a cause of pain for her from now on? My heart is closing. There was a daycare attached to the rehabilitation center where she received intensive daily therapies for her recovery and supports while transitioning through levels of consciousness as she slowly moved out of a sleep state into being fully awake. One afternoon, when the daycare kids were outside her window in the garden, singing the Sleeping Bunny song, I was gutted. This was one of the songs that we sang together all the time. For those of you who know this song, there is a time in the song where the sleeping bunnies are asked to wake up and hop. And this is when the kids jump up off the ground and hop around. I cried, wishing that my sweet girl could jump up out of sleep and do what she had done a hundred times before. My heart is closing. By the grace of God, three months later, on Friday the 13th of November, she is released from hospital and we are coming home. She has learned how to breathe, eat, talk, and wobbly walk again. Once the car starts, the song A Beautiful Day by U2 comes on the CD player, like it was waiting all this time to play for us. We made it. All my prayers have come true. We will be at home all together, finally, 
It is indeed a beautiful day. But why can't I feel anything? She holds my hand while we walk on the ferry ride home. She is softly singing, if you're happy and you know it. She has the small ice cream while we wait for the ferry to dock. We arrive home and her little sister is there waiting for her. And they look at each other with a slight remembrance that they know each other. Like, you look familiar and like someone I love. But why can't I feel anything? Fast forward about a year or so, my husband is back at work and I am alone one afternoon with my two and four-year-old daughters and they are playing in the living room. I am sitting on the couch and they are trying so hard to get my attention to engage me in play. But I can't feel anything. A year earlier, if someone had told me that at this point in time I would be at home with both my girls and we would be playing in the living room, I wouldn't have believed them. But here I was. Here we were. And this was my chance for this to happen, and I just couldn't do it. I would have given anything, yet here I was, sitting on the couch, replaying over and over again all the trauma of that time. I honestly was so stuck in my story that I remember being annoyed that they were asking me to play. I was thinking, stop asking me to play and let me stay in my negative headspace. It was so comfortable there. I didn't know much, but I knew enough to know that at that moment I had a choice. I could stay in my head and replay all the difficult things from that time, or I could find a way to get out of my head and on that floor to play. I owed it to my girls and I owed it to myself. But how? That was the start of my long journey of personal healing and recovery. And through that realization and discovery, I found mindfulness. My heart started to open. I dove in hard. I studied it formally and informally. I practiced it. I talked about it all the time. I listened to talks, attended retreats read books on the tradition of Buddhism, where mindfulness stems from, and attended weekly meditation sessions. My heart started to open. I started to feel myself ever so slightly being able to catch my breath. I was starting to be able to notice when my breath was stuck in my neck, or when it would at times make it down to my chest or even to my belly. I started to be able to witness myself recoil in my body when recalling an image or a smell from that time. Simply being able to notice this feeling, thought or emotion, even for a few seconds before losing myself to it was progress. My heart started to open. This witnessing allowed me a little space in a sense of freedom from my mind that I experienced for the first time. My heart started to open. Mindfulness has allowed my awareness to strengthen, grow, and open widely. I draw from this practice daily, at home with my husband, whether we are on a date night or disagreeing about something, 
with my now teen daughters when they are both eager to come in for a mama hug or yelling at me to shut their bedroom door behind me. At work and team meetings, at the grocery store trying to follow the newly appointed arrows on the ground. Even while in those quiet moments when enjoying a sunset at the beach with sand in my toes and the sounds of the waves crashing. These are the moments that I live for. These are the moments that I can now recognize thanks to the discovery and practicing of mindfulness. My heart is open. I would like to honor the closing of my heart. It was what was needed at that time and for some years after that event in 2009. With it closed, I could go into a self-preservation mode of going through the motions, putting one foot in front of the other, getting through one moment at a time. I needed to have my heart closed until it was ready to be opened again. Mindfulness is a practice. It is not a one and done thing. At times, I bestow myself with the queen of mindfulness crown And at other times, I am furthest away from it and completely lost and wrapped up in worry and fear. But the difference now is that I can more easily notice myself running away and come back to the moment I am in, with a little less judgment and attachment, gently holding space for myself. If you are ready to open your heart through mindfulness, I would love to be your guide. Please reach out to learn more about my offerings and follow me on Instagram at sacred.pause. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sacred Pause podcast. Again, a huge thank you to my guest for their time and wisdom. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please send me a DM on Instagram where you can find me at sacred.pause. I hope you'll join me next time with an open heart and an open mind as we move forward living a purposeful life. This episode is sponsored by at sacred.pause, a live virtual mindfulness space where you will receive guidance and support to start or continue your own mindfulness practice. Start living your life intentionally today.